and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show. Sales Chat Show, driving your sales forward. Find us at saleschatshow.com and from all the major podcast platforms, wherever you like to get your podcast, you'll find the Sales Chat Show. Please make sure you subscribe so you get notified of new episodes like this one every time we release them, which we do on a regular basis. And as usual, Actually, as usual, no, the last time we got together, Mr. Graham Jones was unfortunately unavailable, leaving Phil Jessen and myself, Simon Hazeldean, just the two of us. But Graham's back with us. Yeah, the three of us are back in the sales chat show studio to record this episode. Here's a topic that's going to make the heart of all salespeople around the world sing with happiness cold calling so this episode is entitled should salespeople cold call or cold email now i've been doing my research for this episode i have been reading an excellent book on selling sales genius 40 insights from the science of selling by none other than graham jones one of mr jones's books folks could i just point out other sales books are available. And in fact, I'd strongly recommend Phil's and mine. They're much better than Graham's, but his is the one we're looking at here. We're looking at now. So, so Graham, cold calling, phoning up somebody you don't know and you've never spoken to, or emailing someone you've never met or you don't know. Not exactly most salespeople's idea of a of a fun activity, but a lot of organizations do some form of cold outreach and you've got some interesting sort of statistics, some information, food for thought for what's going to be the most efficient and effective for people. So fire away, sir. What have you got for us? Well, this topic came up when I was talking to some uh, MBA students the other day about, uh, you know, emailing and how they didn't like the sales emails that they got and they just largely ditched them and ignored them. Um, And I pointed out that actually uh, not everybody ignores them. And in fact, um, about 1% of cold emails actually result in a purchase. So uh, you've got to send out, you know, send out a hundred emails. You'll probably get one customer as a result of those hundred emails. So uh, I then thought, would it be good to compare that to cold phone calls to, Mm. you know, traditional cold calls. And actually, um, as Simon's pointed out, in the excellent book that he has in his hand at the moment, uh, you'll find that the actual benefit of cold calls is 0.1%. So actually, cold emails are 10 times superior to cold calling. But it's not that simple. Nothing ever is, is it? No, 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 no. Because we know people like our our good friend, Anthony Steers, a.k.a. the telephone assassin. Anthony would blow that 0.1% 
cold call Ray out of the water, wouldn't yeah. he? Because he's very, very... And there are people who are much more skillful at this than others, you know? So... You know that that can be that yeah. can be done, but yeah, carry, carry on with the... the the reason that it gets to that 0.1% is because almost all salespeople give up after the first phone call, so they make a cold call and either don't get through to the person they want to speak with, or um, that person blocks them, or they just give up for whatever reason, and they never carry on. But actually, uh, the research shows that cold calls work really well if you keep phoning the person and keep talking to them and they make their decision to purchase after about the seventh call. Now, most people give up after the first call, so they never get to the point in the, the series of calls that would lead to a purchase because they feel as though they're annoying people. Actually, you're not annoying them at all. The psychology of this is that the purchaser wants to feel that they are valued. And if you only phone them once, they don't feel valued. If you only email them once, they don't feel valued. So actually, you've got to make your customer feel valued to feel as though you they you want them as a customer. They don't get to that point until about six or seven emails or phone calls in. So actually, either way, whether you do cold email or cold calls, you're going to dramatically improve your rate of uh, success if you keep doing it so persistence is the persistence is the key driver yeah. here um and I'm, I'm trying to anticipate what some of our listeners might might be thinking um would be yes but when does persistence become pestering so and i before i before i ask you for your response let me semi answer my own question this approach probably entails even with a one percent or a three percent success rate let's say it gets good you are still going to potentially be a little bit irritating let's say to to a lot of people right in order to achieve success <clears throat> by its nature this is volume numbers right you, yeah. you're going to potentially annoy a few people uh, you know potentially right uh, because you're interrupting them or, or 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 whatever but yeah give us give us your give us your thoughts i think it well it, it is a numbers game uh, that if you you know you want a certain number of customers out of this uh, cold call campaign that you're doing, uh, that tells you how many people you've got to phone and how many times you've got to phone them, uh, rather than just thinking you know we'll phone them once and see what happens. Uh, you've got to work out I've got to phone them seven times, but I'm going to annoy a percentage of them. But if I annoy that percentage. I'll still get my numbers that I want to get in terms of the numbers of sales that I'm hoping I will get. So you've got to work all that out in advance. Um, and so I think that's important. But the other important thing is that the cold call, when you're going to have that series of emails, you're actually warming them up. So by the time they get to making that purchasing decision, they've already had a warm up from you. Yeah. Uh, they've had something, they've had conversations with you. Whereas the cold email, there is no warm up. They get the cold email and it's deleted or it goes in junk or uh, they just ignore it. Um, and then the next one, if you send the next one, the chances are the same is going to happen. Uh, so actually, it's more difficult to warm people up through email than it is through phone calls. So even though the phone call is worse than emails, if it's just cold, so if you're just comparing the first call 
and the first email, email is 10 times superior. But actually, if you're going to warm them up, so it's no longer a cold call, it's a warm call, you're much superior then to, um, to emails. But in terms of the warm-up or, or different ways of thinking about it, I also noticed in the book that it quoted the piece of research that if, if a salesperson is referred to a colleague by a, you know, internal, an internal source, then the success rate can shoot up to kind of 82%, which is great. But I guess you're going to, the, the scale of referrals that you can achieve is likely to be less than you can with cold cold outreach so volume of say you know volume of scale would be an issue yeah so and also practicalities that uh, you know every week uh, your friendly supermarket will send out 10 million emails uh, yeah. of which only one percent are going to have any impact but you know that's still quite a lot of customers who you're going to get a lot of business you're going to get through you know 9.99999 million mm. uh, emails being ignored that week, uh, but you couldn't do 10 million phone calls six times a week. You could, you know, you need to do 70 million calls in the week. That's just impractical. So uh, for huge campaigns, cold emailing is really, really worthwhile doing. Okay, so so I think if one of the things we sometimes see now is is particularly say we've seen the rise of social selling so it's that 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 is an activity and you'll you'll often see people saying cold calling is dead social selling is is what's what's kind of replaced it i'm i've always liked to think i'm a bit of a pragmatist i don't necessarily see it being an either or graham or phil i i just wonder really if if cold outreach is part of your lead generation prospecting strategy it doesn't mean social selling can't be you can do both can't you you know you you can have like a you know i heard it like and somebody said it's like the greek parthenon all the different pillars right you can have five or six seven eight different methodologies for prospecting and 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 referrals i would definitely have as one that's really really powerful you know asking for referrals getting referrals cold call old email could have a place social selling absolutely something i do you know quite extensively and it works it works really really well doesn't mean i can't pick the phone up does it so you know but it but i guess is is it is it about how intelligently it's done graham as well as because it it can't just be a numbers game right you just can't keep hitting the numbers can you there must have to be some consideration to it well it'll depend what business you're in what sector you're in um uh, to some extent um but it, yeah you need to be intelligent about it but if you think about it social selling all social selling is cold selling because the adverts that will appear on twitter or instagram or facebook or whichever social medium you're on uh, they are bought and targeted to a particular kind of person who's behaving in a particular way yeah. on that social media so the advert pops up. It's a cold advert that appears. Mm. It's a cold piece of selling. Um, and so the results uh, depend upon how well you target and how well you do that. And actually, most people doing social selling don't define their targets very well indeed. And the result is that on average, social selling is pretty poor. Now, I know that there'll be people listening to this going, well, actually, our social selling is fantastic. And there are some very high levels of good social selling, but it's intelligently 
done. It's thought of very carefully with very, very fine targeting and the advert also being finely targeted. So you may well find that that they're doing, you know, 10 different types of adverts to 10 different types Mm. of targets. So they're not just selling, you know, from a general advert as a TV advert would do. But even if you if you're taking say using advertising on social media, if I'm using Sales Navigator, uh, for example, to to locate customers, I know I've had success with customers in a particular industry or particular sector. I have a good insight into some of the problems and challenges that I've helped to solve, and then I do what I call cloning. I just look for other. similar companies in the industry because i know there's a targeted proposition there that will work and will help them so and also if i do start a conversation i can then talk about what we've done in that so but that that actually takes a little bit of legwork and research but then effectively i'm still send a linkedin message or an email or something it's still an initial cold shall we connect you know it is cold but you can't do that if you if you're if you need 10 million customers yeah <clears throat> so yes. it it depends upon what you're in so you know you might be looking for 10 10 clients a year um so you can do that whereas if you need 10 clients every minute you know amazon can't do that it's impossible for them to do that with the number of customers they've got and so they have to rely on cold email um mm. because there's no other way of doing it um, but you know they'll target their emails. Um, but um, so cold email, you know, we often get people criticise it because they go, oh, it just goes into junk. Yeah. Actually, it doesn't matter that the majority does go into junk because it's that one percent, and one percent of a big number is still a big number. Yeah. So um, I think that people need to really think that cold. We need to kind of get rid of this notion that cold emailing is a bad thing, it's negative and all of that. Um, It isn't. It has its place. But as you said, it's got to be intelligently thought about. Yeah, you often see this black or black and white, black or white kind of thing. Yeah, it's one thing or the other. It's an either or. Whereas actually... It's not, is it, to say all all cold email is junk, right? Okay, so we've all had the, you know, the approach from somebody who's left us fifty million dollars in their will or something, right? You know, the the spam or the illegal kind of activity. But then also, yeah, I receive on a regular basis emails from people I've shopped with, uh, companies, Amazon regularly do that, you know, and sometimes that results in me expressing an interest or, or making a purchase so it works right yeah. if, it, if, it, if it's thought through i think is probably where we're going also spam does work so, yes <laughs> if you think yes. about it we've probably everybody has received at some point until their spam filter blocked it uh, an email um suggesting that they purchase a little blue pill um and uh, I that's just you graham i know i well targeted, I, obviously. Actually, Mark, do you mean smarties? Yeah, actually, I bought a little blue pill, uh, but it got stuck in my throat. It just gave me a stiff neck. Um, so, um, <laughs> but those the people who send those emails out send billions of emails a week. And so, yeah, even though the success of those is way less than 1%, you don't need many to actually give you a business if you're sending billions of emails out every week to people yeah. knowing that almost all of those billions are going to be ignored. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So depends what business you're in. 
that it does work. Yeah? So email marketing does work. And we know that email marketing and email sales is superior to website sales and website marketing. So there's plenty of data to support it. But the issue that I'm thinking about here really is, you know, if you've got a choice to do a cold campaign of some kind, yeah. should you phone them or should you email them? And I think it depends upon the situation, the circumstance and the market you're in um, and the sector you're in. But it also depends upon how much time are you going to give to it? If you haven't got enough time, just send the emails out. If you've got time, then actually the warming them up through a series of phone calls will give you more business. But your comment as well, I think, which is really, really is what's the economy of scale you're looking for? Yeah. What's the average order value or potentially even longer term lifetime value of the customer? And that tells you what probably outreach is going to be most appropriate. You want lots and lots and lots of B2C customers. So you're going to have to have a different cold outreach campaign than you are if you you're in b2b and you just want like you say 10 10 10 new clients a year because they're going to spend a lot of money with you so it's an interesting way mr jesson you were you were waving your pen yes it, I, I assume was not you attempting to communicate with me by the medium of semaphore no, i would just like to say it's so nice to see graham back on the screen today we're, we're a little bit like the bgs today rather than robson and jerome which we were last time just you and I, Simon, chunt, chuntering away like we were. Um, I would just like to comment on uh, a slightly different angle on this, that if we're going to be encouraging people to uh, put together a cold call campaign, there are, of course, and we've covered this before, um, some interesting guidelines about how to make a cold calling campaign particularly effective and I'll, I'll just mention three which are fairly common sense but point number one is that when on the telephone is to do it in blocks of time not necessarily for eight hours in a row yeah. but to go into telephone mode and hit the phone for a targeted period of time let's call it one hour and I think those organizations that say to their people, I know you've got other stuff to do, including research and handling customer complaints or whatever, but we want you to go into telephone mode for one hour in the morning and one hour in the afternoon. I think they're very effective. On the subject of what's the best time of day to do it, let's not forget that some people are morning people and some people are afternoon people and forcing them to hit the phone at a designated time is not going to work for everybody and i think in today's world people are they've got enough common sense to work out what's the best time in their routine to do it as long as they do it uh, and i think another thing that i've seen work particularly well is for people to leave their normal station their workstation and to move to another desk or to move to another office if they can when they are going into that telephone mode and by changing the environment of course it also changes the mindset and as anybody that is in the cold calling marketplace will tell you uh, brand new recruits with a couple of days training are often more successful cold calling on the phone than people have been doing it for months and the reason for that is that they're organised and they've got the right attitude when they hit the phone. And part of that attitude, I think, 
uh, can be achieved by moving to another desk or moving to another office when you actually do it. Yeah, I think I've I've certainly noticed Phil in, in support of that. Not not directly exactly the same example, but having promoted a salesperson to and they move off a territory and then replacing them with a new salesperson. And often one particular role I had, they would the inside sales teams promotion will be to go in the field sales team and then the field sales people would then become account managers and that was kind of how the promotions went so every so often you'd lose one of your my field sales people would be promoted to being an account manager and we bring in a, a relative newcomer to field sales and quite often distribution rates would go up because obviously they don't know the customers very well so a i think they were asking different questions but genuinely i also thought they didn't believe customer A or customer B wasn't interested in a certain product because they, the old salesperson might have asked that customer about product A a year ago and the customer at that time said, no, thank you. In comes new fresh pair of eyes, unencumbered by that, that belief or whatever, and they would just treat the customer in a whole different way. And quite often, you know, I don't know whether it was naivety or fresh pair of eyes or whatever it was, Anyway, I didn't care because distribution rates used to go up. So there is a there is a bit about that mindset piece, I think, Phil, that that's interesting of putting rookies in yeah. that don't kind of don't know any better. Yeah. Which is which can be a blessing and a curse, can't it? it depends it's on also the thinking about when a salesperson hears no thank you, they they are often hearing no, never. But actually it means no, not at the moment. And so they, they then never ask that question again because they've translated no thank you from no, not at the moment into no, never. Um, whereas the newcomer coming in and making that cold call is asking the question because they've never heard the word no. Yeah. And I know, folks, if you find, uh, uh, if you search for our episodes where our guest, Anthony Steers, where we uh, we grilled Anthony about his what he calls, you know, mm. proactive business calls. And I, if I recall correctly, Anthony, I hope I'm, I hope I'm quoting you correctly. He'd say it's like leaving a pizza menu. I know you might not want to buy pizza right now, but if you do, I'd like to leave this menu with you. And that can be the approach. I'm not saying you're going to buy now, but I'd just like to get in touch, let you know about us. So if at some stage in the future you're interested then can we? And I think a softer approach sometimes will actually get you some people who do want to buy pizza, metaphorically speaking, at that particular moment in time. The others, you've created a contact for future follow-up and then pop that person in the CRM system and monitor. I also say definitely use your CRM to monitor your activity because if you're making enough of these outreaches, be it by telephone or email, you're going to lose count of where you are, right? You're not going to be able to remember. So you use the tech use the tech to help you i think will be a, a strong recommendation so any any closing thoughts gentlemen on this topic or any yes, other tips i have or... a i have a closing one-liner i i think uh, effective cold calling on the phone is about the vowels a-e-i-o-u it's about attitude it's about energy it's about interest it's about organization and it's about understanding the customer Oh, very nice little acronym. Well, it's not an acronym, is it? A list of vowels. I'm not sure what that's Listen. called. Mnemonic. Is it yes, a mnemonic? Like Mr. Jones. It's called a list. Um, it's called a list. <laughs> <laughs> all I can say is that, um, you know, we've asked, should you 
a cold email or cold call and the answer is that if it's just a one-off cold then email is superior but actually for most selling it's not going to be a one-off cold there's going to be something else so actually it's a very nuanced um, intelligent answer that you have to think about and think about exactly the approach you need to take for the circumstances you're in fantastic thank you and i will just mention one more time um i'd like to recommend the book sales genius by graham jones i have found it to be the perfect size to just fit under the wobbly leg on my desk where it's been providing faithful service for the last seven years it was designed so, especially for that especially especially written to prop up no it's a great great book i'm only poking fun as you would expect so books aside folks well over 200 we must be added towards 240 something episodes from the sales chat show all available in our back catalogue from wherever you prefer to get your podcast. You will find the Sales Chat Show. Also, all the details available at saleschatshow.com, our website, as well as on the homepage. If you've got an episode you'd like recorded, a topic you'd like us to discuss, some thoughts, ideas, please let us know. Contact us at Sales Chat Show, and we'd be delighted to feature your, your questions and requests in some future episodes. In the meantime, we would just like to wish you good luck and good selling folks you have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling mm-hmm.